Welcome to the Friday Shooterette, your K-State basketball show, presented by Booth Creek Wagyu. Now let's go to the Flint Hills, home of GPC's Hidden Studio. Here's your host, Ryan Gilbert. Back-to-back wins for Kansas State. The Wildcats are back on the bubble, a win over BYU on Saturday, and most recently an overtime victory over West Virginia at home, both of those inside of Bramwich Coliseum. And so the BYU win, Clint, was very impressive, and I think it's safe to say that that win over West Virginia had us all a little bit nervous. But as they say, a win's a win, right? That's any way you can get it this time of the year, you got to get it. So uh, whether that means you give up a 25-point lead, but you still figure out a way to win, and you come out on the winning side. So that's always good. Before we break down both of these games, a quick message from our friends at Booth Creek Wagyu. From the tailgate to the back deck, remember to elevate your grilling this season with our friends from Booth Creek Wagyu. Their ranch is located just north of Manhattan and proudly raises authentic Wagyu beef from farm to table. Visit their retail locations in Manhattan and Overland Park or online at boothcreekwagyu.com. Before we break down both of these games, Clint, overall the NCAA tournament, you know, back when we were recording this last week, you know, seemed a little far-fetched in case state was going to have to catch fire. Well, back-to-back wins, and now you look at the bubble, K-State's back in the mix. And so, you know, we, we talked about five to grind, right, at the end of the games and how that's, you know, allowed K-State to win those overtime games. But five to grind, these last five games, K-State, you said they need to get four out of those last five. They're off to a 2-0 start now. Yeah, and it's nice to see, you know, obviously protect uh, home court. We had to protect home court. So uh, I think, you know, that fell in our favor of, of having, you know, our first two games at home in this last five. Um, now we've got to go on the road and, and play – better on the road than what we have in, in the past. and uh, But we're right where we need to be. You know, I think uh, if you're thinking about K-State, we hold our own destiny, you know, and so it's in our in our hands to to finish strong and, and to make this push towards the NCAA tournament. You know, I think Tyler Perry, he said it. He said, you know, I'm only focused on those four letters, you know, and that's the NCAA tournament, you know. And so, um, you know, hopefully we can get there. Let's go back to the BYU game. Clint, just your thoughts from that one. I mean, that was – I mean, arguably, that was the best conference game, you know, from start to finish. K-State held a comfortable lead for most of that game. Just your thoughts and takeaways from that BYU win. Yeah, you know, it started off um, really well. You know, I think Tyler Perry, you know, making some shots early. Um, you know, we we talked about, you know, jumping on BYU from the very beginning. You know, we're at home and, um, you know, if you can jump on them from the very beginning and, and, and cause – uh, then to call an early timeout, which we did, you know, started out 12 to two. But, you know, Perry's level of difficulty in making shots to start the game, I think, just uh, brought a lot of confidence, not only for him, but just for our team. You know, he makes his first shot uh, coming off of a down screen. Um, you know, it's a really, uh, it's probably a nine out of 10 difficulty, you know, contested um, left, right, uh, you know, three point shot. Uh, and then his next shot is in the corner. And I mean, shot clock's winding down and kind of one-on-one jab step and shooting it over a guy, probably a 10 out of a 10 difficulty. And then his third shot's an and one three, you know? And so um, I think it really just kind of set the tone for us to be able to make shots and shoot the basketball well, you know, and then obviously Arthur uh, stepped up later, but uh, for us to come out early, I mean, you know, get the crowd involved early. Um, I think that was really key for us to play well against BYU. I mean, you look at what BYU did the other night against KU in Allen Fieldhouse, right? That makes that win look even that much more impressive. But you mentioned Tyler Perry, right? We've talked about this time and again, okay? Second half of games, he really gets it going. But if he can find that consistency, find that confidence early on so that he's set for a full 40 minutes of good basketball, you know, he set a career high against West Virginia 
um, on Monday with it was 28, 29 points. And so, you know, Perry, if he can get going for the full entirety of the game and, and find that game in and game out, he takes his team to a whole new level. Yeah, and I think he's finally, you know, we're seeing some um, – he's getting just more comfortable even playing off the ball, you know, and that's why I think part of the reason why Data Ames has been starting, you know, is allow Perry to kind of get off the ball and come off screens where he's, he's in a catch-and-shoot situation versus having to create his own shot off the dribble so much, you know, and um, I think that's where we're seeing kind of the fruits of that and, and, you know, where Coach Tank said, hey, he's one of the best shooters in America, you know, we can see it, you know, off, off the ball and in the catch-and-shoot situation. So him getting going early I think just helps our team because we know what he can do late. Um, and, and just really um, boost us early on and start feeling good, right? And, and anytime you can make shots early in the game, you know, I think it helps the defense. Um, and, and, and then teams really have to start focusing on him, which then allows guys like Arthur or Cam to, to step up later. Let's switch gears now. West Virginia, Clint. I don't know. Did you see Jerome Tang's comments about the, the student attendance and the fans? Yeah, yeah, I, 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 so, I did. And I, yeah, go ahead. I just, I mean, it's uh, – well, your take on that. I mean, the crowd, you can't deny that that was one of the worst crowds of the season. Um, what do you make of Jerome Tang's comments? Well, you know, uh, it, it's tough, right? I mean, I think you would like to see us to have, you know, obviously more, more support at, at a home game. It's a, a Tuesday night game, um, you know, where, you know, I don't know what, what students have going on on a Tuesday night, but uh, you'd think they'd be able to hopefully make it out to the game. But, you know, you're playing one of the bottom teams in the Big 12, and um, maybe just not a lot of, of, of energy, you know, for the opponent that we're playing. But, um, you know, we, we obviously need, you know, we, we need our, our community there, need the students there, especially, um, you know, that, that are right there in Manhattan. They don't have to travel in from, from you know, surrounding cities or, or even states to, to get to the game. And so, um, you know, we need those guys showing up. And like I so said, this team still has a, an opportunity to make the NCAA tournament. And, um, you know, we're going to have another home game. You know, we got one home game. Uh, left and and we're going to need them there for that senior night against I, ISU. So uh, hopefully you know they can take that in, into account and realize that uh, you know they make a difference. And then that's the biggest thing is is when we have a good crowd, it makes a difference. It helps the guys. It energizes the team, um, and it helps us play our best basketball. I talked about this on our questions podcast earlier in the week about just how Jerome Tang's been outspoken with when you play Kansas. You know you can see how you know Bramble just sold out. The student sections filled up. And he wants it to be people show up, right, for the love of Kansas State rather than who the opponent is, the hatred for the opponent. And so I think that's probably more of the, one of the frustrating parts for Tang is, okay, there's no denying West Virginia not the best team in the Big 12. They're, you know, one of the worst. But still, he wants fans to show up for that love of the Wildcats rather than, rather than the opponent. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's obviously what, what you hope, right? It doesn't matter who we play. It's – um, you know, when you, you build a program to where people want to be there and want to support and are passionate about um, about the team and about the guys and what, what they're trying to do. And, um, you know, that's ultimately the, the level we're trying to get at every single game. You know, whether that's a conference game, non-conference game, doesn't matter who we're playing, um, be passionate about, you know, the, the purple and white. And so um, hopefully, you know, I, I know some people were, you know, might have been upset with some of his comments or, or whatnot, but, uh, you know, it's, it's all it's all in good spirit of, Hey, we're K State, you know, and let, let's support this team. Let's support these guys. Um, no matter what, you know, whether we're winning, losing, you know, these guys are out there giving everything they have, right? And, and um, you know, they're, they're bleeding purple and, and trying to do it for for this for the uh, for the school and for the state. And so, come out and support them, and obviously, it helps them play well. Okay, Clint, West Virginia. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is a really difficult one to break down. Uh, just to you know, you, you get off to a pretty good start. You go up by twenty five points at one point. You let it slip away. You're down late against West Virginia. I think they were down by four, right? And so they claw back. 
get it to overtime. Of course, they always win. Are you encouraged by the fact that K-State won the game and, you know, all that aside, they win? Are you more um, maybe concerned with the way that K-State let that lead slip away? Yeah, well, I think my my biggest concern, and it really hasn't changed, is just the offensive rebounding that that we've given up, you know. And um, look at the BYU game, we gave up 19 against West Virginia, we gave up 18. And I thought there were stretches in that game in the second half where uh, where West Virginia made some tough shots, but the ones they missed, they got offensive rebounds, they're able to get a second chance opportunity at it. So um, that's still my biggest concern. You know, I think offensively, we kind of went cold when they got hot, you know, and it was, it was flipped in the first half. We were hot and they were cold, right? And so um, that's just the ebbs and flows of the game. You know, I think we would have liked to get more stops down down at the end of the game. Um, so maybe it didn't go into overtime. Um, but hats off to West Virginia. Hats off to uh, Joss Eilert, obviously former um, yeah, K-State uh, basketball player and, and, and alum. And, um, you know, he did a good job having his guys prepared in that second half to come out and, and play really well. And, um, you know, Kirk Chris has stepped up and made some tough shots. And uh, sometimes that's the way it falls. So, you know, obviously when you're up 25, you don't expect for the game to get into overtime. Um, you know, and so I think it's just one of those learnings we have to take into account and got to figure out ways to continue to score the ball and continue to get stops on the defensive end. It was a really good way to summarize Kansas State's season, really. You know, you have your good stretches, you have your bad stretches, but in the end here, you know, you get the wins in overtime, which is what K-State's done all year. Um, And obviously, you get it to overtime. I think that's kind of comparable to where we are right now. You know, you get yourself back on the bubble with a few wins over this last week, and now it's time for that five to grind, right, Clint? Um, I want to ask you this, though. Did did you get the sense that maybe K-State let its foot off the gas in the second half when it built up that that comfortable lead and – got complacent yeah you know and I, I thought there were some defensive breakdowns that we had um but I like I, said, I think too West Virginia made shots I mean those guys made some really yeah. tough shots um you know I mean when you have Raekwon battle and we know he's one of the best players in the big 12 but making step back threes over contested I mean there's there's not much else you can do I mean if he's gonna make that shot it's you know, hey, I, I'm right there. I contested it, and, you know, he made it. I mean, it's better – it's good defense, better offense, you know. And so um, what you'd like to have seen is, is maybe we, um, you know – I thought we got to the free throw line decently, but, you know, we missed some opportunities at the free throw line, I thought, I think, in the second half. And, um, you know, we'd like to just get more stops there. And, and, you know, the foot off the gas, you know, I think still goes back to, you know, what I mentioned about the, the rebounding, you know, and, and we, we just have to be better at, at, at when we do get the stop of, of corralling and, and gang rebounding um, to, to go ahead and get that get the ball and get on the other end of the floor. And um, I think that's going to be important for us moving moving forward. You mentioned K-State was hot in the first half, cold in the second half, and you know vice versa for West Virginia. But in terms of Kansas State, three-point shooting, is that something that you think is sustainable for this team to maybe live and die by the three and, and, and hope that they can kind of get hot from beyond the arc in games? Or do you think that this offense needs to have some more you know, guys going downhill, stuff like that? Yeah, well, 11 for 19 in the first half against West Virginia. I don't know if that's sustainable. Um, you know, it felt right. like we hit every shot we threw, we threw up, which was really nice. And, um, you know, but I, I do think that we have to be able to shoot from the outside to, to to be able to compete and be able to win. And so, you know, we can't have games where we go four for 28. Um, you know, that's just – that's not going to be – uh, good for us. You know, I think we have to have a, a healthy percentage, whether that's, you know, six for 13, whether that's eight for 20, you know, um, a healthy percentage from the outside for us to, to, to win basketball games. But we also have to get to the free throw line. You look at our guys, um, you know, our main three scorers and, and Perry, Kaluma and uh, Carter, and 
they, they've done a really good job of, of taking advantage of the opportunities at the free throw line. You know, I think against uh, West Virginia, I mean, they, what, they went nine for 10, nine for 10, five for six. So, uh, you know, if I add that up quick math here, it was that 18, 23 for 26. <laughs> so, um, you know, when you have your, your, your best three players shooting 23 for 26 for the free throw line, Hey, the, the more we can get there with those three guys, um, the better opportunity it is for us to, to score and that points per possession goes up. You mentioned the rebounding. Jerome Colbert fouled out in that game against West Virginia, and so that's obviously a little costly. But Will McNair, I think, stepped up, had some good plays, and David Gasson. Uh, you know, earlier on in the year, I know fans were you know, get you got to think back, but fans were not happy with David Gasson. He maybe wasn't performing at the level that he wanted to be at, but now over this last couple of weeks, Gasson has been almost a difference maker. He's he's kind of joined. I don't think he's there yet just because I don't know how much he can create his own shot, but he's joining or getting close to that group of, of Carter and uh, Perry and Kaluma. Yeah. Well, he brings just kind of a, a different dynamic to the team. You know, obviously he can rebound the basketball. He's long and athletic can get out, run the floor. Um, and then when he's making a, a pump fake three, you know, that's when you know <laughs> right? it's, it's, it's a good night for him. Um, but you know, he, he brings a lot of hustle, a lot of energy, you know, and I think uh, having him come off the bench and, and bring that for us has been uh, really, really good. And, um, you know, he's settling into that role, you know, and I think that that's the thing early on. He was just kind of trying to figure out, like, where where does he kind of fit within, um, you know, our three-headed monster with, with with our three main scorers and kind of where is he going to get opportunities. And, and now you see he's just settled into, I'm going to go play hard. I'm going to go make something happen, you know, and, and we need those kind of guys, um, especially from a role perspective, uh, which will help us uh, overall as a team. So, um, he's playing well, and, and you mentioned Will McNair. You know, I, I think I saw a stat that said we're nine and one when when Will scores um, double figures. Um, and, and I'll reiterate, man, when he gets the ball in the post or, or down by the block, I mean, he has one of the softest shots in, in in that area in the paint. And so every time he shoots it down there, I think it's going in. I'm like, he's, he's going to score. And, you know, I think there's still opportunities for us to um, utilize him in, in in that capacity as well. Jerome Tang has talked about uh, over this last week or two that his staff coming together and finding ways for K-State to, I guess, so they said they don't want to make wholesale changes, right? And they, they tried to find little ways to get better here and there. And I think that, you know, in that West Virginia game, right, if you have one or two more turnovers or you let them get one or two more offensive rebounds, probably lose that game, right? So what have you seen, those fine, you know, details? What what has K-State done well recently? Because Jerome Tang said it, but – He's not gotten into like real specific things. What have you seen over these last few games that 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 leads you to believe this team is having more attention to detail? Well, I think you know even with our you think about our turnovers and we had 15 against West Virginia, um, you know, and then we had obviously double figures against against BYU. But to me, one of the keys there is is the opponent fast break points. And West Virginia had had five, you know, I think BYU maybe had five as well. Um, so even when you say, OK, there's 15 turnovers, but we only gave up five fast break points. Um, I think that's really key. That tells you that some of our turnovers were either, um, uh, you know, turnovers where the ball went out of bounds and we were able to get our defense set uh, or we were able to get back and, and make them still try to score it through our through our set defense. And so I think that's really important, you know, because the other team has – you know, 15, 20 fast break points. And then you look, I mean, that's when you have 15 turnovers, they could easily have 15 to 20 fast break points. You know, I think that would be an area of concern. Um, so I think that that's been really good, you know, rebounding wise, as I mentioned, we got to get better um, in, in that aspect. Um, but, you know, you look over the last two games too, we've shot the ball tremendously well, you know, and, and um, you know, especially 
uh, before the the second half of the West Virginia game. I think we had three straight halves where we shot over fifty percent. You know, and 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 so anytime you can shoot the basketball well, hopefully our guys are. You know, Perry's coming along now, like he's making shots. Um, hopefully, he can continue doing that here down down the stretch. Um, you know, it's it's it, it's just it's great to see. You know, Kaluma twenty eight against BYU, Perry twenty nine against. Uh, West Virginia, I mean, those, those are, are tremendous numbers, you know, and so hopefully they're feeling really good here down the stretch and continue scoring the ball. This is the time of year where you want to get hot and have things start click, right? So oh, yeah. we'll have two more games to break down on the road at Cincinnati on Saturday and then KU coming up on the road as well. But first, a quick break here on the Friday Shootaround. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to the show. Let's head back to the studio. Only game that we have this season from Cincinnati. Didn't have them here in Bramwich Coliseum at home. Um, so I guess just your thoughts. Have you scouted them much? Cincinnati's a team that was kind of on the bubble for a while. Now they've sort of fallen off a little bit. But, I mean, I'm sure that you go to a Cincinnati video podcast, I'm sure they're talking about the exact same stuff that, Clint, we've been talking about. This is a team that needs wins if they want to get to the NCAA tournament. They need wins now. Yeah, you know, and we got to go into their place, and it's always hard to win on the road. You know, they're coming off of um, losing three in a row. Um, you know, they love, but they only lost to Houston at Houston by eight. Um, they lost TCU was was the kind of guy out of hand for them, and then Oklahoma State beat them as well. Um, but they have seven guys that average uh, seven or more points uh, per game with the most being about 11.9 or 12 points per game. So they're well balanced. You know, I don't think they shoot the ball. Uh, tremendously well from the outside, but, you know, they're going to be playing at home. So, you know, they could get hot. You know, we can't let them get hot like like we did, obviously, early against West Virginia. So we got to make sure that we uh, protect the three-point line, make everything tough, um, you, you know, and, and obviously we want them shooting from the outside, but just make sure that we also finish that with a defensive rebound. And we have to rebound. You know, they're they're a good rebounding team. They're plus nine in, in rebounding margin. Um, so we're going to have to go in with the mindset of, of rebounding the basketball. And, and if we can win in that area of the game, then I think we'll be good. You look back to the home losses against TCU and Oklahoma, you got to defend your home court in the Big 12, right? But when you do lose those games, okay, what do you, what's the next thing you got to do? Go steal one on the road, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to go steal one on the road. And um, like I said, this is the time of the year that every – I mean, <laughs> however you can get it, you can get it, right? And so whether we have to go into overtime, whether we get down 25 and come all the way back to win, uh, whatever has to happen, we just have to figure out a way that, that we can win that basketball game on the road at Cincinnati. And um, that obviously keeps our uh, NCAA tournament hopes alive. I think you're probably the best person to ask, how do you beat KU inside of Allen Fieldhouse? Uh, you would know. <laughs> Oh man, it's tough, man. It's tough. It's a crazy environment. I think uh, Mark Pope from BYU said it. He said, um, you know, walking in there to tip off and just how crazy it is, how loud it is. He's like, he's never experienced something like that. Um, you know, and so it's a crazy environment. It, it's a hard place to, to go in and, uh, and get comfortable, you know, but you got to, you have to get comfortable early, you know, and you can't allow them to, to jump out uh, early on us and um, really kind of get that crowd going. And so I think from the very beginning, you have to settle in. Um, you have to be very detailed in everything that you do. You got to understand that you're not going to get some of the calls that, that we've been getting, you know, um, you know, it's just the way it is. I'll leave it at that. Um, you know, but when you look at it, we've shot 31 free throws against BYU, 35 against West Virginia, I can guarantee you we're not shooting 30 against KU at KU, <laughs> um, you know, and so you got to got to make shots, got to get stops, um, you know, but it takes everyone to be locked in and focused on the game plan. And then, you know, you also need them hopefully to, to not shoot very well, you know, and, and maybe they have a couple guys that have an off night and then we can take advantage of those opportunities. 
I mean, it's probably mental toughness. Is that maybe the hardest, you know, thing to overcome when you're playing in outfield house? The teams like Kansas is always a good, they always have a good team, right? But you mentioned, you know, maybe the officiating, maybe the crowd noise, the environment, you know, is mental toughness the number one, you know, thing that you have to have when you're playing at Kansas? Yeah, well, you, you definitely have to be mentally tough. And, um, you know, when it comes to that and understanding that them playing at home, um, it's almost like them getting spotted 10 points, right? And so you have to figure out a way to overcome that. Um, you have to understand they're going to go on runs, right? And you can't get discouraged when, when they go on runs and then the crowd um, gets going. You know, you have to stick together um, and kind of have a us-against-the-world mentality, you know? And so, um, you know, anything that happens in there, you can't, you can't dwell on. Um, the previous play, you got to move on to the next one and be mentally tough to get through that. And then, you know, you got to have all 15 guys stick together and figure out a way that uh, we can go in and how do you play your best on the next possession, whether that's offensively, get the best shot we can get, or defensively, how can we get a stop and come together and do that? A lot of things that happen, you know, when you're in the game like that, where it's it can be really loud with the crowd and it's hard to hear the coach on the sideline. So it takes some player leadership on the floor uh, to make sure that guys are getting into the uh, the offensive sets they need to get into or communicating the right things on defense. You're a coach. What would be your message to the K-State you know, players, to the team right before you head out onto the court, out of the locker room, before that Kansas game? Um, just the, you know, how, how do you win in that building and what are the things that you have to do? I know I just asked you that, but what would be your message to the team? Go shock the world. Right. Um, you know, we haven't haven't obviously beat them since 2006. Go shock the world tonight. Uh, why not us? You know, t- tonight's the night that uh, we put everything together. Um, you know, it's an opportunity of a lifetime. Anytime you get a chance to play, um, not only, you know, in the Big 12 or against you know anybody, but obviously uh, in Lawrence, um, tough environment. Let's go shock the world tonight. I'm prepared for the moment. You know, we've been playing. Uh, shooting the ball really well. Let's go shoot it well. Um, let's get comfortable early, and let's go do what we do, man. And then that's hoop, you know. And so, um, as long as we have that mentality of, of going out to, um, to you know, we have something to prove, um, you know, and we're we're playing to make make the NCAA tournament. Um, let's go be desperate, you know. And, and whatever we have, there shouldn't be anything you know left in the tank at the end of the night, you know. And so, um, bring everything we have, and then leave it out all on the floor. Is it a good thing or a bad thing that Kansas? just lost to BYU at home is is that maybe the blueprint you know that BYU is giving K-State how to win there or is that you know tough for Kansas State because now KU is going to come out with uh maybe some something more to play for yeah well I mean I think anytime it's KU K-State you know I, I don't know if there's any extra motivation that's needed um from 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 either side um you know just because of the rivalry and, and obviously KU you know they're they're sitting on a um you know, the the guys that are there are sitting on a, you know, we don't want to be the team to lose to Kansas State at, at home, you know, since it hadn't happened in, since 2006. And so um, I don't know if there's really any extra that, that needs to be there. I, I think it's it's kind of just one game. It's on its own. And um, everyone knows it's big stakes because of the rivalry and because, you know, we beat them in, in Manhattan. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're already going to come with, with that uh, the mindset of, you know, they they got to get business done at home. So, um, you know, I don't know if there's any extra motivation, but uh, it should be uh, obviously a fun game and hopefully our guys will play well. Let's take a step back and look at the overall picture for Kansas State. Do you think that three more wins from now until Selection Sunday will be enough? Now, obviously, you can get two in the regular season and then go get one in Kansas City. Is that going to be enough? Three wins from now until, you know, March, I can't remember what, 16th or something. Is that going to be enough for this team to get in? I, you know, I, I think so. So if we, um, 
you know, we obviously beat Cincinnati um, and then we split with KU and, and, and Iowa State and then we go get one in the Big 12 tournament. Um, we'll probably be a, a ten, 9 or 10 seed uh, going into the Big 12 tournament. Um, you know, I, I think it would be enough. Um, obviously, I think if you get two in the Big 12 tournament, then you're definitely in. There's there's no doubt. Um, so, uh, but what can happen is, you know, these last three games of the regular season, we can't go over three. Um, we really don't want to go one for two, um, you know, because I think you're going to need more games in the Big 12 tournament to, to kind of move up and improve your spot into the NCAA tournament. So, um, you know, if we finish four and five out of these last five, that means we have a, a, a really good quality win against either KU or Iowa State. Um, you know, and then we go win one in the Big 12, and, and then uh, hopefully that, that's, that's what we need to get in. Obviously, Cincinnati's not the, the best team in the country, but that's a quadrant one win if you get it just because of the fact that it is on the road. And so, yeah, you know, if you get one of those two against KU or Iowa State, that's going to be great for your resume. But same thing with Cincinnati, right? I mean, just because they're not as good as those teams still is going to be a good win on the resume. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's on, on the road, you know, and we haven't played well. Uh, on the road as of late. So we, we need a road win is, is really big for us. And, and, and I think Cincinnati's that team that we can get one against if we come in and, and shoot the ball and play well. Kansas State hasn't had much success in Kansas City as of late um, in the Big 12 tournament. I, I guess just how could K-State overcome that? You look at what happened last year. They lose to TCU and pretty, pretty bad loss. Obviously, they turn it around real quick and go to the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament, but what are those keys to just winning in Kansas city? Because Clint, it's probably going to be a situation where, you know, even if K-State goes three and zero over these next three games, you're probably going to get one. You're, you're probably going to want one in Kansas city just, just to feel safe on selection Sunday. Yeah. And, and, you know, we typically have good crowds, you know, that show up and, um, you know, obviously for us and, and for KU and in Kansas city, and then you want to play well for, uh, for, for the crowd and for the fans that this show up and support the team. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a different environment. The good thing is, you know, we've played there before um, and, you know, what well, we played Wichita state there. And so uh, we should have a little bit more familiar familiarity with, with playing um, in, in Kansas city. And hopefully our guys will be more comfortable than, than obviously the team that we're going to play against, but um, it's a neutral site. So even though, you know, we might have more fans there, you know, it's a neutral site and we got to come in with the, mindset of um you know we, we need the game and and no matter who we're playing we need it more than they need it and um you know we got to get comfortable early in the game and we got to defend uh, really well and, and hopefully we can do those things let's circle back now to these these two games coming up okay obviously if you're a k-state player or coach you know that that game against kansas is going to be a rocking atmosphere and so they've had that one i'm sure circled on the calendar at the same time though they do treat every game like it's its own season and so how do you, you know, if you're a drum thing, how do you keep your guys locked in on this task at hand at Cincinnati, you know, without looking ahead to Kansas? There, there's no other, um, there, there's, if you want to make the NCAA tournament, there's no other choice. And we, we have to win this one on the road against Cincinnati, you know, and um, especially just given, you know, obviously KU at KU and even Iowa State at home and they're playing, you know, as well as anybody in, in the country, um, you know, and they're, they're tough out. And so, um, you know, it, it's, it's, we have to lock in on this game if we want to make the NCAA tournament. And, and that, that's where I think that the focus has to be. And uh, that has to be the message, right? And, and we always talk about the one game at a time. Well, it's we want to make the NCAA tournament. This is the most important game. Those other games don't even matter. If we lose this game, those other games might not even matter, you know? And so well, let's go win this one um, on the road, uh, quadrant one uh, win. Um, and, and that's where it has to be. And then we can move on to, uh, to, to the, the big showdown with, with KU. 
you mentioned I, with the turnovers for Kansas State have you know been cut back a little bit. You know the rebounding on the on the defensive end. You know that needs to improve. Is there anything else over these you know last couple of games where Kansas State needs to really you know hone in on it if they want to win games? Yeah, I mean, I think getting to the free throw line has been really good. So we've shot we've shot the ball well from the outside, but we've also, as I mentioned, got to the free throw line thirty times, thirty times, uh, uh, or plus or more in our last two games. You know, and, and because our, you know, especially our top three guys shoot the ball so well from the free throw line, um, you know, that that means that, you know, we get there, it's 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 ninety eighty five percent chance you know we're going to score the basketball and. Um, I think that's always key for us, you know, and so um, that can offset, you know, help offset any nights that we maybe don't shoot it as well as we have been. Um, so we have to stay aggressive, you know, aggressive at the rim, um, getting there and, and, and knowing that, you know, with Perry, Kaluma and, and Carter, um, it's a it's a high percentage that we're going to score on that possession. So um, I think that's the balance that we need. You know, when we talk about, um, you know, you're making shots from the outside. Plus, you're getting to the free throw line. Um, that, that tells us that our offense is playing at a, at a really uh, high clip right now. Even against KU, you're telling this team to try to go get to the free throw line? <laughs> oh, man. We're not going to get 30. Uh, but if we can, uh, you know, if we can get 15, 20, um, you know, I think that would be that would be really well. And then we definitely have to make some shots. But, um, you know, we can't be – um, discouraged on, on going in there and challenging Hunter Dickinson. Obviously, if you get him in foul trouble early, you know, the, the better it is for us, the harder it is for KU. So, um, you know, we, we can't be uh, afraid of going in and trying to challenge him early, especially in the first half uh, where, you know, we get him out of the game and maybe we can take advantage of uh, some of the inside, you know, our lack of inside presence that KU might have. Okay, Clint. K-State's got two big ones coming up, both on the road away from Bramwich Coliseum. They've only won, what, I think it was just West Virginia, right? That's the only road winning Big 12 play. Um, they do, they did beat uh, LSU on the road, right? So yeah. they're capable of it. But, you know, the time is now to start turning things around in terms of playing on the road for Kansas State. So, Clint, as always, we appreciate your time, dude. Um, you know, you, you know, this is the best part of you being on this show is, you know, I, I mentioned it. You're the one that knows how to beat KU. I hope <laughs> these guys are, are listening to the Friday Shootaround. I <laughs> appreciate it. It's always yep. fun. Yep. We'll be back next week here. Hopefully we're breaking down K-State victories. If not, we'll, we'll break down what went wrong for Kansas State. But, um, again, appreciate you guys. If you're on YouTube watching, like, comment, subscribe, all the stuff. Fitz loves it, makes him very happy. But other than that, we'll talk to you guys next week. This has been a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. Please support this show by subscribing to this YouTube channel or follow us on your favorite podcast platform.